hello and welcome to the Trump Podcast, another episode of Talking Points where we get together in the middle of the week to think about the sermons that we heard on Sunday, preached in the morning service and evening. I'm joined by Paul Brennan and Willie Phillip, and my name is Phil, and uh, gents, thinking about uh, Sunday evening, we saw the beauty of salvation in the Lord Jesus in these episodes and Luke chapter 5. Yeah. Paul, what really struck you from the sermon? What, what have you been thinking about? Yeah, it was, um, it was really very, very helpful. Um, I thought Josh unpacked it really helpfully, thinking about what, what happens mm. uh, when the Lord Jesus saves mm. someone. What, what do we see in their life? And just bringing out the total transformation in, in people's lives as they see Jesus for who he is as they repent and believe and um, just seeing some of the, the joyful transformation mm. and what that does to people's lives. It's a complete turnaround, isn't it? And uh, just the way that was brought out was was just so helpful. And it was also helpful thinking about, okay, what's really involved in that? Um, to see such transformation, what's at the heart of that? Mm. And I think Josh was just helpful bringing out there's got to be a total turnaround and a mm. deep repentance, not just a sort of superficial, trite thing, but it's a deep, it's a deep repentance, a deep turning around that has to take place. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, uh, we can get quite confused about that section at the end about new wineskins. What's that all talking about? Mm. But you know, as Josh was saying, um, it's really about putting away the old. It's putting your old ways behind, and turning totally to Christ and um, receiving the salvation that only he can bring. So that was just very helpful to, yeah. to see that. Um, it's, a, it's about putting off yes. the old yep. way of life. Yep. And to see and, the way that Luke um, demonstrates that, it's one of his classic ways, isn't it? You get the, um, you get the three miracles and then you get the explanations. So you get the events mm. and then you get the clear explanation. And together that gives us the full revelation of what it's about. So you have these three wonderful miracle stories. And by the way, it was a long reading, wasn't it, the whole chapter? Um, uh, but what I think um, uh, Sunday night demonstrated was that that's how to read the Gospels. Yeah. Because you could, you, if you just take one little miracle story, mm. you, you, you can you can just take it out of its context and mm. think only about that. But Luke puts them so deliberately together. So you get the three wonderful miracles, all of which are you know miraculous mm-hmm. Interventions by by the word of Jesus. Mm. First of all, there's just the he, he talked about the, the sheer kindness of Jesus. But Peter lends yeah, him the boat, that's right. and 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 Jesus uh, Jesus doesn't leave him a tip. He yeah. gives him two full boats of fish. Yes, and there was that <laughs> lovely <laughs> that lovely line. He said, "Jesus's kindness is big enough to sink boats." Or something. Yeah. He said that because yeah. of fish that was. In. It's wonderful, yeah. isn't it? And then and then the cleansing of the leper, mm. and then the wonderful story of the 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 friends letting the paralytic through the roof. And mm. I mean, there's so, there's so many things there, isn't it? But mm. the shocking thing is that if you or I had a paralytic friend and we thought that we could get them healed uh, and you go to the extent of breaking a roof open to, to get them in, yeah, you're deadly serious, aren't you? And then, I mean, it's a, something I always think about is what did those friends think when Jesus yes. said, oh, your sins are forgiven? They go, I've come all this way yeah. for this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah. we've broken a roof off. We want to see this guy walk. Um but actually, it's the heart of it, isn't it? And so, and of course, mm. he is transformed bodily mm. as well, but mm. in a secondary way, and mm. and and, and to show it, and that's what leads him on then to showing the the utter transformation mm. 
uh, and Levi, it's not just for salvation, but it's mm. for service. Mm. His whole life mm. is turned around. He's opening mm-hmm. his home to everybody. Um, and then Luke explains it and says, well, Jesus is doing two things here. He is, he's the sin doctor, yep. but he's also mm-hmm. the bridegroom who brings wonderful celebration. He's the, he's the doctor who cures the disease. Mm. Um, it's a wonderful word, isn't it? I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to mm. repentance because the righteous won't repent. The people mm. who think mm-hmm. they're righteous, they don't think they've got anything to repent of. Um, but, but these people did, Levi and these others, all of them in, in uh, people with desperate need, isn't mm. it? And it, and it it's a it's a reminder to us that um, if we don't think that we need Christ as the sin doctor, mm. we may be we may be willfully putting ourselves beyond the reach of his medicine. Well, it's a chilling thought, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, Which does seem to be the way. I know we'll get onto this in future weeks in the next section, but it does seem to be the way of the Pharisees. Yeah. Um, and that you're right, that, that point there that you said earlier, just going back to what Paul said about the way Luke brings it back to this parable Jesus teaches about new garment, old mm-hmm. patch. Uh, or sorry, is that is that the right is that the right way around? Yeah. Or what new wine bursting old wineskins. A lot of people get themselves into twist about that, don't they? And there's all sorts of unhelpful ways to I'm just Downright wrong ways of reading that, isn't it? That this is not an allegory, and we're not spending endless time trying to identify whether the old garment is this or uh-huh. the new patch is this or that. It's it's very simple. He just say having having talked, having demonstrated all of these total transformations, and um, you know it ends up with a bit about fasting, and, mm. and the Pharisees show themselves to be, mm. you know, um, utterly out of touch. I mean, they've seen this extraordinary mm. life transformations go on. Mm. And all they can say is, you know, why aren't you fasting a bit more often? Yes, why are you not yes. being a bit more religious? Yes. Why are you doing this? And, you know, there's unbridled joy everywhere yeah. because lame people are walking and blind yeah. people are seeing and lepers are being yes. healed and, you know, Clearly fish, fish are filling the boats. All of the Old Testament promises about the Messiah, they're being fulfilled Everything in front of their eyes. Everything that all about in the first place yeah. is bursting in on their life. Yeah. And all they're interested in saying is, Oh, there's a tut, tut. there's tut, a little tut. bit somewhere here that doesn't need to fit with you, and yeah. and Jesus is just saying you are so out of touch mm-hmm. that you are in the world of the old when the new has come, mm. and you know the very most that you seem to be thinking is that you know Jesus come along and just add a little bit of this or a little bit of that to everything that we've got, which is already wonderful. And he's saying, no, 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 you've totally got it mm. wrong. You're just like a, you're like an old bit of garment. Mm. It's time to go in the bin mm. and get a nice new one, mm. uh, not patch up this grotty old thing. Mm. And, um, you know, you, we're about to make a whole new season's wine. We're going to put it into old stuff from last year. It's mm. all going to fall apart. Everything's going to be ruined. This is, a, this is new. Mm. Mm. And, and it's ultimately the difference between knowing what, the Bible's always been about from the beginning mm. and having no idea what it's ever been about. Mm. That's, the, that's mm. the bottom line. And mm. you can be utterly religious mm. but totally devoid of any understanding mm. of what the Scriptures are about. It's what Jesus said to the Sadducees, you, yeah. you are completely wrong because you know neither the power of God or the Scriptures. Mm. And that's a terrifying thing, isn't mm. it? It is. Because these people probably had it all memorised. Yes, yeah. They thought they were God's people. They, yeah, yeah. and and had responsibilities, didn't they, for leading the people? Yeah, yeah. But they didn't know the meaning mm. of real repentance. Mm. Mm. And some of these that Jesus dealt with, who came to him, mm. they came because they were in such 
miserable state because yeah. of various things but, that they, they, they were already humbled. Yes, yes. But if if you're going to come to Jesus, you have to be humbled. Mm. And if you wouldn't humble yourself, sometimes he will have to humble you. Yeah. Um, I just love that. I mean, you see that fleshed out in the example of the leper, the man full of leprosy, various skin diseases, and he was the outcast. He would have been cut off from fellowship with God's people and mm-hmm. living in the desolate places. It's just he comes, doesn't he? In verse 12, you have a Bible open in front of you. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. I think Mark talks about the fact that he throws himself on the ground before Jesus. and mm-hmm. But when... The Lord Jesus sees faith like that, real humble, penitent faith that knows that you're in dire need mm. and that Jesus is the only hope. He's the only one who can make you clean. Uh, verse 13, Jesus stretches out his hand, he touches him, shows him great compassion and says, I will be clean. Uh, glorious. They knew they needed transformation. Mm. Mm. The Pharisee thinks perhaps at the very most mm-hmm. I could do with maybe a little bit of improvement. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, and that's what—that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, you've got to get to that. You've got to come to the Lord in total dependence, haven't you? I was having a conversation with someone the other day um, who was very new to church, and you can't really pinpoint what brought him along, but he just felt he had to come and just felt things in his life weren't right and things in the world weren't right. And, uh, you know, after a few weeks of hearing the gospel and making it clear what Jesus came to do and our sin and repentance and faith, remember at the end he just sort of said, well, is that, is that what I have to do? I have to, I've got to repent and believe, that's it. Like, I've done all these things, I, didn't, I don't deserve this. Hmm. And that's the kind of attitude that mm-hmm. can receive, can't it? Because mm-hmm. if you realise yeah. the extent of your sin... Yeah. Um, then you're going to be in a position to to receive the Lord's forgiveness. Yeah. Um, but there's got to be a realization, hasn't there? Yeah. There's got to be a real understanding of what yeah. the depth of our sin is. Yeah. There's got to be that real call to repentance. Um, but I think often in the church that's mm. missing. And mm. it was just quite interesting in the morning when Willie yeah. introduced talking about you know the unchanging nature of the gospel. Mm. Well. The kind of the, the message morning and evening was in many ways the same, but yes. with with Josh's thing in the evening, we're seeing the the joy that comes from repentance. Yep. But it's only through repentance that that mm. joy can come. Mm. Um, mm. So, the yeah. God- yes, I've come to call sinners to repentance, and mm. to come to that point where you know you need total transformation mm. is mm. to be in the dust, isn't it? Yeah. Now, when you're a leper. Mm-hmm. in that society when you're a tax collector mm. and everybody hates you and you know that you're a scum uh, when you're a paralytic who can't even move yeah. you, you don't need, need a lot of convincing do you but no. if you're a proud person who um, everybody feels is a wonderful person and a very righteous person and a holy person etc uh, etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera, yeah. it's very hard isn't it you have to yes. be humbled and yeah. I always come back mm. to the great I think that one of the lovely pictures of that in the in the Old Testament is Naaman the, the Syrian yes. captain of the guard you know yep. and who's outraged that he, he, well, is that all I have to do uh, you know that's what the sin is is that all I have to do <laughs> yeah. um, but for him to do that thing was so yes. uh, humiliating. Humiliating, yes. Just, and his servants say, it's not a big deal, is it? Just go down just in go that down, river a few yes. times. I think um, he's also annoyed, isn't he, that Eli- is it, uh, Elisha doesn't even come and see come him. Himself. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah. but, but for a great man like that, mm. that's, that is learning humility, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. actually that is, 
That is precisely what the whole of the the uh, message of Ezekiel is about. And mm, it takes yeah. 24 chapters of relentless teaching that, no, you are not righteous, but mm. actually you're sinners and you need to repent. And, and, mm. and sometimes, maybe often, we only learn that mm. the very, very hard way, don't mm. we? And mm. it certainly was a hard way that mm. the people of Judah had to learn it in, 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 in that day. Mm. Um, but yes, it is the same message. Yeah. That was my point at the beginning. Mm. There has only ever been one gospel. Yes. Jesus there in the evening was, I've come to call sinners to repentance. Yes. And in a sense, Ezekiel is saying, I've come to call sinners first to realize you are sinners. Yes. yes. That was John the Baptist. Yep. You know, you're sinners. Yes. Uh, Straight off in his uh, ministry. You, you brood of vipers, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Keep... Uh, Bear fruit and keep him with repentance. Bear fruit. Yes. Yeah. Bear fruit and keep him with repentance. Yeah. And if yeah. you won't, that's Ezekiel mm. 15, isn't it? A mm. vine is only. Yeah, it's good, only good for, good not for even fruit. good for fuel for the fire, but it no will end that. up will yeah. end up just being burned. Yeah. Yes. I was really struck by loads of things just um but that point you said about uh, you know teaching them reality would take dismay and anxiety. But they needed to learn. Um, yeah, it's uh, really t really struck by uh, the business of where you talked about um, where you linked in. I suppose what was going on with the, the the prophets in Ezekiel's day and their whitewashing of the situation, the false prophets that is, mm -hmm. and the way in which they were just saying to the people, "Peace, peace, all's fine." Mm -hmm. um, where the Lord cut, just cuts in his prophet and his word cuts through that whitewashing, that pretense and just gives the reality uh, but it's a gracious thing I remember you said that, these are gracious warnings um, I mean even sending as well, sending Ezekiel to them at the beginning of chapter 12 to be the sign to them again you just think how many chances were the people been given, they were given so many so many gracious warnings to hear and to turn, um, and yet they do. the sad fact is, is but that shouldn't surprise yeah. us, should it? Because no. that is that's the human heart. Yes. So, yep. Uh, the Israelites here, Judah, there are a microcosm, aren't they, of mankind, the world, and yeah. <clears throat> um, hmm. and of every every individual too. Um, hmm. Yeah, hmm. it's 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 sobering, isn't it? What it takes to make people realize and you know this this recurring refrain that some of them will escape but only mm. to declare their abominations yes and then you know Ezekiel speaking to the exiles in who are already with him in Babylon thinking everything's going to be fine mm. and they're going to go back mm. but god could never destroy Jerusalem but then when some of them do escape and get to Babylon you'll mm. see mm. why it had to happen mm. because you'll <laughs> have to face up to how yeah. absolutely yeah. Shockingly wicked, their their yeah. um, you know their behaviour had been, um, uh, and uh, when they are there, the Lord says, "You're going to be a witness, no matter what." Yeah, when you're away, and that goes right back, doesn't it, to the to the covenant in uh, in Deuteronomy um, and in Leviticus, and so on. It's you know God chooses His people to be a witness to His glory, a light to the nations, and it will either. It will either do so by shining that light mm. or it will do so because that light is snuffed out mm -hmm. and everyone will see why that light is snuffed out. In other words, you know, that's the, that's the terrifying mm -hmm. thing here. You'll know that I'm the Lord and the nations will know that I'm the Lord when I judge you. Mm. 
Mm. And they will see why you've been judged because you deserve to be judged. Mm. And I mean, I do think that is so pertinent today. And you know, especially just in this last week when there's been all this news about the mm. you know the Church of England yeah. synod and so on, which of course is very familiar to us. Just a bit of a, a, a bit more than a decade after uh, the Church of Scotland, and mm. you know, people can people can dissect the exact procedures and the exact resolutions and this and that and you know and that's not quite exactly what they said and all the rest of it but yeah. the man in the street knows perfectly well what's, what's been, been said, said yeah. the man in the street says oh yeah the church of england has just abandoned its um mm. uh its biblical mm. understanding of marriage it's now mm. promoting homosexual mm. marriage just as the church of scotland has done you know you don't have to be an ecclesiastical lawyer yeah. <laughs> every everybody who reads his newspaper or listens to the news says mm. oh mm. yeah so they've abandoned mm. their faith mm. Yeah. So they don't believe their message, yeah. so why should I bother going to yeah. the church? And sadly, that's what we've seen, isn't it, in Scotland? And it's what's happening all over the Western world. Mm. People see and they heap scorn. Mm. Um, but the discerning see and they actually mm. say and they articulate, well, if the church abandons everything it believes, what do you expect? Mm. And that mm. is a witness, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it actually is. that has caused some people to think yeah. and say, well... Yeah. Um, what is it they're abandoning? Um, and, yeah. you know, it is a witness, a negative yeah. witness, but woe to you if that's your witness. But it, absolutely. And it was just very striking noting the, you know, the degree to which the church has collapsed, at least here in Scotland. Yeah. And it, it just seems to me astonishing that those within, those who are in the system, um, you just think, how do you not see the connection? Um there's been such a clear movement away from from the gospel, from the Bible, and then what you witness in the years following is, you know, catastrophic collapse. Mm-hmm. It just baffles me that people don't make that. Well, maybe they do make that connection. They just suppress it. I don't know. Um, well, well, Ezekiel says, they have ears to hear, uh, but do not hear, eyes to see, but do not hear, for they are a rebellious house. And yeah. what he's saying is if you if you rebel in your heart, against the truth of God, you blind yourself and you deafen yourself to hear the, the word of God. You can't hear the warnings anymore. Mm. And It's very sobering, isn't it? It's, it's very mm. sobering. And then you will surround yourself, as Paul says, with preachers and teachers or those who in positions of authority yeah. who just teach what your itching ears want that's to hear. Right. I mean, that, that's a very sort of obvious distortion of the gospel, isn't it? What we've seen with the national churches... Um, and you you made the point at the start uh, very clearly about how the gospel is unchanging mm-hmm. through the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's very clear. Mm-hmm. And we saw it with Josh in the evening. Yep. We saw it in the morning. Yep. But what what are some of the gospel distortions that we need to be aware of? Do you think um, ways in which we or those in the what you might call the broader evangelical church? Mm. Where are those distortions where the gospel is either aspects of it are either downplayed or passed over or kind of not really mentioned? It's the thing. It's often things that are omitted that are quite telling. But what are some of the things mm. that you've observed in terms of how the gospel is being distorted, and what do we need to be aware of in our, you know, the mm. circles and you know. Well, Ezekiel's image is whitewash, isn't it? Mm. You know, you're building something that looks good, but you're whitewashing over something which is 
actually very unstable and um, feeble and uh, when the crisis comes, in fact, it'll yes. fall apart because whitewash yeah. can't do the job of cement and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and foundations. Mm. Yeah, well, there's lots of ways in there. And I, I guess why do you whitewash something? You, you, you know, you're, you're selling your house and so you do a quick mm. paint job because your mm. walls are cracked or because there's mm. damp or because of some of it. It's always to hide something, isn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So what are, we, what, are, what are we tempted to whitewash? I guess that um, it, is, it is going to be the things that will um, cause you not to be welcomed or yep. your message not to be welcomed by the society yeah. of the day or by the mm. those who control the important opinions of the day or those who are mm. the power brokers mm. and so on i mean and ultimately it's always to avoid the offense of the gospel mm. isn't mm. it so i guess in our culture today one of the big issues around us is the whole confusion of sexuality and gender and all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff and so yeah there's a powerful um, pressure, isn't there, to just not necessarily to deny the Christian message, but to whitewash it over and just not go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's just not let's not get into that at this stage because we don't want to put people off. Mm. And I think that is a mm. that's a very common thing, isn't it? Mm. I mean, we don't because in a sense. If I was to say, do you want to put people off the gospel? Your answer, of course, is going to be no. Of course, course we don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what we think um, may put people off the gospel uh, often is the power of the gospel. Hmm. Yep. It's the transforming challenge, isn't it? Yeah. And so yeah. not going there. Um, hmm. I don't know. What, mm. what, what, what else do you, what else strikes you? Well, I think that's right. I mean, I, I, I find that whenever I'm speaking with folk who are, you know, inquiring or saying, you know, folk come on to the life course and it comes to week three and we're tackling sin and I'm looking around the room, I always want to not say, well, I've got yes. <laughs> written in my notes. Yeah. Because I think, oh, they're going to, they might not come back. Mm -hmm. But actually, they need to hear it. Mm -hmm. And actually, mm. we don't know how the Lord is at work in people's hearts. But for those who are his, who he's calling to himself, they must hear this mm. so they can respond mm. and mm. repent. Mm. And actually, it's later on mm. when you get to know these folk, actually, that was the key week. Mm. That was the moment yeah. when they mm. started to see with clarity, yeah. actually, mm. you've just described what's going on in my life. You know, yes, I am a sinner. That's that explaining everything. Mm. Um, yeah. And so they need to hear it, and they need yeah. to hear it in specific. So whether that's whatever the idol of their heart is, yes. Maybe it's sexual identity, maybe it's money, whatever it is. Yes. But being specific mm -hmm. helps mm -hmm. them. So it's not just some sin isn't just sort of some category that doesn't really impact me. Yeah. yeah. Actually, no, I am a sinner yeah. because I've seen the fruit of sin in, in these yeah, different yeah. ways. What what is he accuses the false uh, the establishment prophets and preachers of is 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 twofold. Disheartening the righteous falsely. Mm. In other words, mm -hmm. discouraging those who are who are seeking to live in God's yeah. way and who are meeting the challenge of sinfulness and seeking to have a holy life and saying, no, you don't really need to do that, mm. to dishearten them. And on the other hand, encouraging the wicked that he should not turn from his evil ways mm. and be saved, so discouraging repentance. Mm. And if you think about that, discouraging the struggle for righteousness and discouraging the struggle yes. for repentance, mm. you know, 
that will manifest in all kinds of different ways, but yeah. ultimately that's what it's about. And that if you're yeah. soft pedaling either of those things, the call yeah. to holiness, the call to repentance, the call to heed God's word and actually do what he says, yeah. and the call to repent and actually stop doing what he says you must stop doing, mm. then mm. that is the epitome of false vision, false mm. practice, and, you know, mm. the Lord mm. will not, Will not tolerate no. that, and you won't entertain hypocrites. She said, "Yeah." And uh, we're just going back to the point about the whitewashing, because it is possible to to whitewash destructive teaching in spiritual sounding ways, isn't it? And very spiritual. Yes. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And that's what the Pharisees yeah. did. They yeah. talked about extra fasting yeah. and extra yes. tithing and extra goodness yes. as what. And all backed up with very use spiritual. of scripture, yeah. use of scripture, and because you know it, it, it is, we've got to be discerning, listeners. Um, but also the job was struck since Sunday morning, just again, rightly so, the way you just challenged church leaders and challenged people like us. Yeah. <laughs> to, and because uh, we do it, it is a serious business to lead astray the children of God. Mm. Well, we will, st- we will all stand before yeah. the judgment seat of Christ, won't we? And first mm. 10 of Ezekiel 13, um, you know, precisely because they have misled my people, saying mm. peace where there is no peace mm. and whitewashing. Mm. My truth. Well, I mean, to be accused of that is a terrifying thing. That's why yeah. James says, yeah. you know, don't yeah. think this is something to yeah. be desired either because yeah. those who have the responsibility mm. to teach the truth will yeah. be judged more harshly. And that is a word for everyone who yeah. preaches. It's a word for every Christian yes. leader. And it's a word for um, <laughs> particularly those who have got particularly wide yeah. Influence, yeah. and I, it's a very that the line. Um, where was it? Verse sixteen of Ezekiel thirteen. Uh, no, no. Verse uh, where is it? Verse nineteen, um, where he talks about lying to my people who listen to lies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's that collusion, isn't yes. it, in suppressing the truth and mm-hmm. in delusion. Um, you. You, you, people want people have itching ears, as Paul says, to hear mm-hmm. what they want to mm-hmm. hear. So you give them what they want to hear, mm-hmm. and it's a self-fulfilling yes. prophecy, and it's a self-perpetuating thing. Right they want lies, you give them lies. The more you give them lies, the more they don't want the truth and can't tell what the truth yeah, is. That's yeah. right, and, and yeah, it sort of reminds me that you know what happens on Sunday isn't a sort of passive. You know, it's not a sort of an audience coming to listen. To, no, we are together. Yeah. Partaking, aren't we? Yeah, and yeah, we are active as we listen. And mm-hmm. um, I was just—it was very striking, wasn't it? Um, those who listen to lies, as a, <laughs> as Christians, as as a church, what do we, what are we eager to listen to? Mm-hmm. Um, and being willing to receive God's word from those who are preaching it, yeah, um, yeah discerning and. Yeah. I think it it is one of the it's one of the great dangers, isn't it, of the church and society becoming too um, mutually tolerant of of each other and mm. mutually sort of dependent on each other. It's one of the paradoxes that as Western society was Christianized and the pillars that underpinned um, our institutions, our law, mm. our government, all of mm. these things came into line to a degree with, with Christian morality and ethics. Um, the church then becomes either 
either formally established or at least mm. informally mm. part of the establishment. And and then then there's an unholy alliance there mm. and it's very mm-hmm. it's very difficult, isn't it? And 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 in general what we've seen over the last couple of hundred years and the uh, certainly the last hundred in the Western world is the church become eviscerated because actually it wants it needs the patronage of the establishment and society. Um, whereas in parts of the world where the church is um, marginalised and despised mm-hmm. and even persecuted, what what do we find? Well, actually, the church is clear on what its message is. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to be. Um, uh, it's not trying to get the the favour of society mm-hmm. in the wrong sense, and and therefore it doesn't. You know, it faces other pressures, mm-hmm. but not not that one of compromise, and. Um, and so on a positive note, although we in many ways look at some of these chapters of Ezekiel and we see our own society, and you know, when Ezekiel says the leaders, the spiritual leaders did not go up into the breach as everything starts crumbling mm. in society mm. and mm. The morality is crumbling and everything else, and that is exactly what we've seen in the West, and that's not happened. And we can see all of that as a very depressing picture. The other side of it is that through that judgment that God, uh, you know, had to bring to his people and through that bringing them down and, and humbling them, in fact, that alone was what could cleanse them and get them back, to get the idolatry mm. out yes. of their hearts and yes. get them clear on, on what the message really was. And yes. so if we see institutional Christianity um, declining and disappearing mm. in mm. our own nation and others and nations of the West and others, it, it is cause for sadness and sorrow mm. because mm. it, it it is an evidence of it is an evidence of God's judgment, isn't it? Yep. But it is a cleansing judgment, and actually, um, for mm. the church to regain its mm. spiritual mm. power, um, we may need to find ourselves in many, many ways, in a very real and tangible sense, outside the camp. Mm. And it will bring a real clarity because there's actually yeah. something different. Yeah. There's actually a there's actually truth. Yes, I've just seen our new Christmas cards, and on the front it says. Oh, light shining in the darkness and mm. as the world around gets mm. darker the light shines brighter more distinctly and we've, seen, we've seen that haven't we yeah. folk coming along to church yeah they're seeing what's going mm. on in the world and actually here's mm. here's god's word being taught and that yeah. is a light and they're drawn mm. to it mm. and so i think that is in some ways encouraging yes um as there is, to, there's a real distinction between yeah. the world and the true church yes as opposed to going into a building that calls itself a church. Yeah, it's just parroting the secular whatever. Yeah, they yeah. find the froth of the world. They're just in slightly spiritual language. Yeah, what, why would you do that? There's nothing, no. there's nothing there. And to take us back to, to Luke 5, that is what has so often been seen to be the church. It's just, well, we're taking this old thing, which is just our society around us, and the church will sew a little bit of a patch of something on that gives a bit of a veneer of religion. Um <laughs> But actually, that is what we think, mm. isn't it? So the whole idea of civic religion and so on—it's that it's it's baptizing a little bit of um, a bit of religion mm. onto actually an idolatrous society, yeah. Yeah. and that is nothing. And that's what Jesus blows away and says, "No, no, no! no. You, it's got to be—it's got you've got to cut off totally from yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's something completely different." And so that's the that is the positive thing mm. um, that uh, you know the reason that God goes through all of these cycles of. Uh, mm. Of judgment with his people is not just that justice demands it, mm. but it is also a purging and it's a discipline, isn't mm. it? And that is yes. 
what we're repeatedly told in the New Testament. Mm. You know, no discipline seems pleasant at the present no. time. That's not what discipline's for. It's to be unpleasant. <laughs> yes. But in order that, it brings forth uh, the real fruit of righteousness. Yes. Mm. And, and that's what we should be praying, isn't it? That, that um, mm. we shouldn't be in despair as we see what appears to be Christianity crumbling in our national life because it's not real Christianity. It's, no. it's corrupted, whitewashed, yeah. utter, you know, um, feeble froth, froth. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 yeah. and it's better that that's exposed, yes. isn't it? Yes. I mean, if somebody comes along and does a survey on a house you're about to buy and your heart is set mm. on that house because it looks wonderful, but he comes along and actually says, do you know what, underneath this fresh paint job is riddled Rotten. with dry rot, you know, <clears throat> the subsidence, the whole thing's about <clears throat> to collapse, don't touch it with a barge pole. Your first instinct is utter despair, isn't it? <clears throat> oh, this is so terrible, my dream <clears throat> house, I'm going to have to pull out. But then actually you are... Thankful that you didn't utterly invest in it. Yeah. You didn't. Yes. And so if the Lord is, is, yeah. is exposing what's under the whitewash yeah. and mm. is going to allow mm. these things to be knocked down mm. so mm. that... What is real and true and abiding uh, can be more clearly seen. Um, however painful that is for us, and you know it was going to be very painful for Ezekiel. He, mm. he. That's the thing, isn't it? He didn't get to escape from it. None of the biblical prophets get to sit in the sidelines and yeah. watch it. Yeah, he was in the midst of it, wasn't he? They're in there, swept up in it. Poor guy, and he's you know going through all of this <laughs> misery himself. But as Christians today, we're not going to escape from the the fallout of these things, and it's going to mean a lot of difficulties you know in terms of uh material things in terms of livelihoods yeah. and i mean it, it is going to become i think in our society much more difficult but if that is how god is exposing yeah. uh what's false and renovating yeah. what is true and yeah we should rejoice and if that's how the lord is gonna use this true church to bring people to the sin doctor you know, for for the new life, then yep. praise the Lord for that. So that's the way to yeah. rejoice with the bridegroom. Yeah, but no other. Willie, Sunday coming. Are you? We're back, back in Ezekiel, Ezekiel one more time before Christmas, um, because after that we are um, mm. changing tack a little bit for a while. So mm. we will be, I think, tackling if uh, Ezekiel sixteen uh, at least that. But um, that would be a good one to read. It's a long chapter, Great. full of. Uh, well, <laughs> full of pretty vivid and quite yes. stark yes. imagery and some sanitised language. If you could read the Hebrew, it's a lot more vulgar yeah. than you think it is yeah. in English. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And Paul, you are no. Uh, I'm on two weeks. Oh, I'm yeah. on two weeks time. That's but right. Josh is this week. Josh, we've yeah, one more week in Luke. That's right. Yes, that's right. And then on the and fourth, we're into great into Christmas. Great. Worthwhile just said anything about Christmas or. Uh, it's like coming and Christmas we keep getting fat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful some of us are too well that's all for this week tune in next week and see you Sunday Sunday